Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, seven minutes after 10 o'clock. We dive into hour number two a little early here by foregoing the traditional Reagan top of the hour open because I do want to have as much time as possible with our guest. We talk about critical race theory fairly uh, often on this program. And we try to uh, highlight uh, individuals who are pushing back against it, fighting against it, for obviously very good reasons. Uh, but we've been uh, a little bit AWOL uh, over the last week or so because of the situation in Afghanistan. It's time to refocus our attention on this. There was a big article in the Cleveland Plain Dealer, or, well, I don't know if it was in the Plain Dealer because I don't get the paper or if it was just on Cleveland.com. But it was a a big article by that news organization headlined, Here's Why Fear of Critical Race Theory is Drawing Suburban Cleveland Parents to School Board Meetings in Protest. And we know all about these protests because we push for them, we advocate for them, we participate uh, in them. Uh, But now they're trying to let those who do not know what's going on know what's going on. And the problem is... This massive article, and I don't even know how many words it was, is filled with inaccuracies. And that is something that Jonathan Broadbent wanted to focus and highlight, focus upon and highlight, and he's here to join us right now. Jonathan Broadbent is a board member of Protect Ohio's Children. Jonathan, good to have you back, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Bob. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back on the air. You have been a fixture in uh, school board meetings all over Northeast Ohio. You know, for most of the parents, they go just to obviously their district and their board meetings. Uh, they don't go to, you know, other ones, but you are going on behalf of Protect Ohio Children uh, to a lot of different meetings. And so you are seeing this firsthand and you obviously were a participant in this um, in this in this article because uh, I want to I want to talk about your interaction with the author of this piece uh, and then talk about the accuracies or inaccuracies uh, that it, that are contained therein so first uh, Jonathan tell me about your interaction with the author Eric um, uh, uh, Heisig I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly tell me about your interaction because I read with great interest your Facebook post commenting to Mr. Heisig that you want him to retain all audio recordings of your conversation why I do and I want to collect those for a reason that I'll get to in a moment but I, I want to comment that the article itself was pretty much everything I expected I was approached by Eric Heisig and Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer. And, oh, by the way, Bob, the, the article is on in the actual Plain Dealer. I get the Sunday edition. It's the upper right-hand corner of the, the cover. So this issue is important enough that it made the, the cover of the Plain Dealer. But I, I had sort of my own set of expectations when approached by media and thinking, well, this is just going to be this left-wing slant, and ultimately it was – but there is a surprise to this in my book. I think, and this is partly speculation, but it's based on some things. I think Eric Heisig, the author of the article, 
is thrown under the bus. I candidly think he's just a fine, perfect, uh, perfectly wonderful author uh, and writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. I think that he was picked for this article for a specific reason and is kind of thrown under the bus. I'm, I'm speculating that maybe he did something to not be very popular, Cleveland uh, Plain Dealer. But here's why I say that. He's, he's a perfectly nice guy to speak with. He seems competent and professional, and he has a great interest in gathering information, putting it together. I don't know ultimately how much control he had over what was put out. Um, but I, I had two really long, very involved conversations with him, and I learned some things about him, about the workings of the plane dealer, etc. So here's a guy that writes on real estate. And I've read some of his stuff. He seems to write perfectly fine. He, uh, I think it came out of my understanding is that he doesn't have kids and no kids in any school, public or private or otherwise. But for some reason, this is the guy that the plane dealer tapped to write on this really important issue. It made the, the cover of the plane dealer. It's pushed out there. It's obviously important to them. But I believe they had a narrative in mind. They selected somebody who would just sort of follow along and not really understand the subject matter. Mm -hmm. So my ire, Bob, is not on the author. Um, unless I learn otherwise, it's really with the paper itself. My speculation is that the paper just simply used him to create the narrative they already had in mind. Have you asked so, him? Have, have you asked him whether the editors and the editorial board uh, changed his story significantly or anything, uh, or influenced him in any way that you're describing? No, um, and I think that's going to be part of the next step. The next thing that I want early in the conversation. So he did make it known that the conversations were recorded. I asked early on, "Are those something that I can uh, get a copy of?" He said, "No, it's it's company policy. We don't distribute those." And I said, "Well, that's fine." I don't actually don't know the, how the technology works. I wish I did. I should have recorded it myself. Um, but at this point, we know that there are complete recordings of both conversations. And I know for a fact that there are large chunks of what ended up in the article that are directly refuted by my firsthand knowledge. So, for instance, and here's so, the analogy. So, so, but I, you're suggesting, if I may, Jonathan Broadbent, you're suggesting, though, that it's not Eric, who would have left your important information out that refuted some of the stuff that made its way into the article, you're saying that it was done over his head, or that's your suspicion? That's my suspicion. I think this thing is too big and too important to be left to um, some author, some uh, uh, journalist Reporter. who writes on real estate. He, he doesn't have any skin I, in the game. Was, he doesn't have any experience. I, I was, I, I was automatically dismissive of the point of view that the article was going to take when at the end of the second full paragraph, uh, it reads, despite little, little or no change in school curricula, officials are coming under intense criticism by devoted groups of residents who believe that racism is largely a thing of the past. That is not at all what opponents of critical race theory are saying. Of course, there are individuals who are racist. Of course, there are incidents of racism. But what critical race theory does, as you well know, it alleges that you don't even have a choice. If you are a white person, you are automatically a race, racial oppressor. And if you are a person with darker skin, you are automatically a victim of oppression. And that, that is different than saying we think racism is a thing of the past. They're dismissing us as being, you know, closed 
close-minded, uh, closeted bigots who don't, uh, you know, aren't willing to accept the fact that there really is still racism in many different directions, by the way, in the United States. So to me, I mean, it gets off to a bad start right from that point. Well, it totally does. And by way of example, you'll also see on the Protect Ohio Children Facebook page, um, so I run Protect Ohio Children North, which is a, a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I posted on there an article that does what it's supposed to do from a similar counterpart, Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha.com has, they've approached it and right in the article. I'm reading a quote from Omaha.com. It's not the opinions of the citizens that have changed. It's the proposals of the board members that have changed. What is happening is there is an increasing number of people who are looking at some of our elected offices uh, and asking, how do we elect people who are more in line with what we believe is the right path to take? The analogy, Bob, that I draw is, imagine we're neighbors. We get along great for a long period of time, then all of a sudden you start harassing me. You you, um, turf my lawn, you throw eggs at my house, um, you, you do all these damaging, destructive things, and suddenly, I finally get to the point where I'm at breaking point, and I come in and approach you and, and my family, and we stand around and say, Bob, what's happening? I thought we were good neighbors, and we like each other. And imagine at that moment a, a, a newspaper or uh, the police come along or something and and point the finger at me, like, what are you doing harassing Bob and talking to No, it's reaction. The parents that are out there that are going into these school board meetings they're not dreaming something up. They're not reading some political article and deciding suddenly they want to be uh, closed-minded about the existence of racism. Of course racism exists. Nobody argues that it doesn't. These are people who get actual stuff. And I've provided to Cleveland.com and all these other places ad nauseum massive amounts of proof. But the parents are getting stuff. They're seeing it from their kids. They're taking the thing that offends them into the school and saying, what's with this? The schools are doing all sorts of stuff to deny it, hide it, call it different names, delay, stall tactics. And that is unacceptable. That's why all these parent groups are forming with the word transparency in their name, Rocky right. River Citizens for Transparency, etc. They just simply want to know as parents what's happening in the district and that's the key component that's that's the false start of and this they should article have every entitlement to that they should be absolutely entitled to that again these are public schools funded by in public buildings with public employees funded by public dollars who are in charge of filling their kids heads with something and we hope it's just education we hope it's just information we hope it's literature and we hope that it's science and math and so forth and that it's not indoctrination particularly political indoctrination and in order to make sure it's not we deserve the right to have that transparency so uh, that's that's a very fair thing for people to ask for now jonathan um i'm going to go back to because i kind of uh steered you in another direction there i'm going to go back to the recordings that you requested this is the reason i reached out to you to ask you to come on you requested the recorded phone calls between yourself and eric heisig and the, the reason why is you said there were a lot of things in this article that your information you provided to him directly refuted but did not make it into the article can you give me an example or two of something that's in this massive article and it's a really big piece that you said to yourself they really wanted to promote this uh give give me a couple of examples of things that are there that you refuted to Eric that did not make it? Sure, of course. So there are parents that have come to us at Protect Ohio Children with evidence. I'm just going to just 
sort of um, umbrella term, I'm going to call it evidence. Sure. Some weird stuff that they don't like. It has to do with race or sexuality or gender or whatever. And that information, they then are taking into the school boards. So, and they're saying, I'm not really sure that I like this. I want to know more. Where is it coming from? What's the source? Why are you teaching this? Why is this a special program? That sort of general realm of questions are being asked of school districts. The, the article itself falls flat on its face. When you take the stance in the article that uh, there's nothing to see here, uh, the, the idea that the school boards are just simply doing what they've always done and they're mystified by this arrival of all these parents at school board meetings to anybody with a brain, anybody paying in any attention whatsoever, is going to know that people don't drop what they're doing and take time off of work, rearrange their schedules, and go in to school board meetings for no particular reason. So the specific things that I talked about in my conversations with Eric Heisig, um, I, I candidly, so there were probably, I want to say three hours we spent on the phone together. Um, and they were very pleasant. I, looking back at all the things that I would want to cover, I give myself an A. Uh, I think that I did a good job of covering all the, the important key points, pretty much none of which made it in the article. But if I engage in conversation with Eric Isaac, who's writing an article about um, critical race theory, DIE in, in schools, and I say, hey, well, here's an example of a parent who got this homework, and it seems very offensive and inflammatory. It's, it's invasive. And they went in and asked about it. If that translates into an article that says, Oh, well, the school boards are mystified by why anybody would show up and ask questions of them. That's complete. That's directly counter to the conversations that he and I had for three hours. Uh, Jonathan Broadbent is my guest. Jonathan, I was going to talk to you for one segment, but you have opened up a lot of information here that I want to follow up on. Can you hang with me through this timeout? Okay, I want to talk more specifically about what's in this article, and I want to talk more specifically about uh, what the next step is. I have a very important message uh, that I received this morning in an email uh, that you will be interested in if you are indeed interested in protecting Ohio's children. That's the organization that Jonathan represents, among others, and we'll continue with him right after this. Okay, 1023, we're back with Jonathan Broadbent. Uh, Jonathan, I just wanted to kind of follow up and uh, make people aware of something. If you want to be one of the individuals covered in this article by Cleveland.com and the Cleveland Plain Dealer, one of the parents at these groups uh, that are demanding transparency and demanding to know if critical race theory is being taught, protest at the Ohio State Board of Education. Um, Parents rise up Tuesday, September 21 at the board. Uh, to protest board resolution number 20, the onset of critical race theory in Ohio. This is a big, big deal. Uh, it's being supported by all of the organizations uh, that are behind StopCriticalRaceTheory.com, and I would imagine as well, uh, ProtectOhioChildren.com, right? Uh, I believe so, but actually I have not had opportunity to discuss that event with John and Diane Stover, who, okay. who run Protect Ohio Children. 
I, this I one, this one was there. sent to me by Lisa Woods, who I know works closely with you and with uh, with the Stovers yep. and, uh, and and all the rest. So I'm assuming this is part of the same group. But um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's all about protecting Ohio's children. And indeed, the StopCriticalRaceTheory.com website is where more information is available there. But it's a huge protest. And quite frankly, this is a, this is covered in the article, uh, John. And you can tell me how much of this you got into with Eric uh, or you didn't. The part about the school board races. You know we. Prior to August 4th, which was the deadline for filing petitions to uh, run for school boards in the state of Ohio, uh, we were telling people as often as we could to go and run for school board. Rather than protest to the current board, go become part of the board. Remove people from the board who are pushing for this type of theory. How important is that, uh, and how much of, a, of, a, uh, of an issue was that in your conversation with uh, Mr. Heisink? Well, it's critically important, and we have a great number of people who are very involved, both running and organizing the campaigns. And ultimately, in my experience, uh, which is extensive throughout Northeast Ohio, I believe that all of these races are infinitely winnable because the people who are opposed to this uh, cover the spectrum um, from, from all kinds of political ideologies the people who don't, who really want to get back to traditional education, recognize the, recognizing the value of that for their kids, are are all over the political spectrum. Um, in conversations with Eric, I know that it came up indirectly. I, I'm actually anxious to listen back on the three hours. I don't know that we spent a whole lot of time on the races because. Candidly, at that point, when John, our Jonathan, let me interrupt began, real quick. Jonathan, let me hold sure. on. You said you can't wait to listen. So you did. Maybe I missed this earlier. They are providing you with the recordings. Oh no, I've, not yet. I, we, oh. I'm sure we're going to have to go through sort of legal wranglings and all that stuff. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm when you said I can't wait to do it, I assumed that meant that they were coming and you had reached a resolution on that part. I'm sorry. So you, oh. you're hopeful. You're hopeful sorry, that you that can was, do it. I'm hopeful that I can do it. Sorry, that part was unclear. Um, I'm hopeful that through the legal wranglings that the plain dealer decides that it's just not worth the time and energy and effort to pay lawyers a long time to fight me and just give me my the three hours of my chat. There really isn't anything explosive in there um, that I think that they're going to panic about, but I think that there is information that I will use to make the argument as visibly as possible, that the article is misleading um, and that it's therefore, because the information was there, that it may be arguably intentionally misleading. And that goes to the credibility of the Cleveland Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Correct. Um, and as I said earlier, I'm sort of giving the benefit of the doubt for now to Eric Heisick personally. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know, just instinct. My gut tells me that I think there's more to it than just this guy kind of running um, on his own. But as far as the campaigns and candidates and all that stuff, to, to whatever extent your listeners can possibly just in any way, shape, or form get involved, these races for real good people on school boards across Ohio are fundamentally critical to the future of, of our country. This, this approach this Marxist ideology that is invading schools, and we know what it is. They're going to deny it on the left, but all of this stuff, everything across the board, is absolutely lockstep with what's been done to install Marxist um, social, I call them um, social communists, 
uh, just because of their word play on the left. But it's been done over and over again. And we're doing it exactly the same way in the United States. Anybody not paying attention to that is, is just willfully ignorant. Fight back by getting good school board members in place who are going to get those schools back to traditional education. That is uh, of critical importance, Jonathan Broadbent, with uh, uh, Protect Ohio Children. Um, I hope people will take the time to look and listen to new candidates who have indeed declared and have uh, and are going to be on the ballot in these school board races and see if you can indeed replace those who do not believe um, that children should be uh, should not be indoctrinated rather but should just be educated with those who do believe that's the way it should be done last thing before you go Jonathan for this morning and we will talk plenty more about this I'm, I'm certain um, the one aspect of this that we didn't cover that was covered in your article, or the article, rather, that you were interviewed for, is the LGBTQ portion of this, the comprehensive sex education part of this, which teaches children just all kinds of bizarre things about gender, about, uh, you know, uh, uh, pronouns and, and inclusive, inclusivity and, and affirmation and so on and so forth. And this puts kids in a very, very difficult spot because they're supposed to be being taught biology and human sciences and so forth, and yet they're being told, no, you can kind of write all of that off. It just depends on how you feel inside your head. Uh, the rest of that stuff, that physiology, that chromosomal science and genetics, all of that stuff is, is for the birds. Um, how big of a part of, of what you're doing in protecting Ohio's children does that play? No, that's huge. So quick comment, or anybody considering a school board candidate, there are questionnaires out there that address all of these issues, the social, emotional, critical race, and the sexuality and gender. I would encourage everybody to get one of those questionnaires in front of any potential candidate, find answers. As far as, far as the approach to what I call gender bending, um, it's, it's been known to have several detrimental effects. Um, and it's done for psychological reason. I talk to child psychologists, a, a lot of them, and am learning about what that does to the psyche. It, it, in, in a nutshell, it damages children. It takes away their own self of, uh, sense of individual identity. It puts them into groups and categories, which are easier to control. It's easier to pit one category against another. Um, and it leads to, um, control of voting blocks, which leads to control of money. There's, there's all kinds of stuff. If you want to get into it, that's a total rabbit hole. I want to try and keep it high level, but I have learned quite a bit about the intention of um, taking away traditional roles. And it also ties in with the stated objective of, of Marxist organizations like BLM that want to dismantle the family unit, the traditional um, uh, male, female, husband, wife, two-parent household, and all that stuff. That is that is the enemy of the left because, candidly, I, I think because it leads to individuality and success and um, moral foundation and all those kinds of things. Jonathan Broadbent, uh, board member at uh, uh, Protect Ohio Children, Protect Ohio Children. Is it .com or .net? Sometimes I say the wrong thing. Uh, the... Uh, actually, we own both. It's .net, but uh, if you type in .com, it redirects anyway. Just want to make sure people can get there, and then I would uh, encourage them and also uh, to uh, look up the 
protest at the State Board of Educa- Education on September 21st. This is being sponsored or promoted by Stop uh, Critical Race Theory.com, which is also very important. Again, that was sent to me by Lisa. So the next time we talk, we'll talk about all of those uh, efforts together. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, keep up the good fight and let me know how this goes. I, uh, I can't wait to hear if you uh, do indeed obtain those recordings uh, to hear the real. Uh, information, not just that which, which was sanitized by the Plain Dealer editors in this article. Thank you, Jonathan. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. 1033, we're late to news. That's not unusual, but we'll get there and we'll come back on AM 1420 The Answer. two sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer so in the midst of all of that negativity regarding the ongoing push by marxists and social justice warriors and they're kind of one and the same even if the warriors don't know that they are officially marxists by pushing critical race theory as this continues to be promoted as either uh, official curricula or uh, just trainings being done with the faculty and staff at schools both or not both but including elementary middle high and higher education schools Amidst all of that negativity, we occasionally get some good news. And the good news in this case comes from a school district in Colorado. Now, this school district um, listened attentively attentively to the uh, parents who came to speak on this issue at their school board meeting. This is school, Colorado Springs School District 49. And I don't know, you know, if it's just kind of an odd name. I don't know if they just number their districts or whatever the case might be, but it's got a number on it. So, okay. Colorado Springs School District 49 School Board listened to the testimony of parents, listened to the testimony of quote-unquote experts, got all sides, and then got together and voted to ban critical race theory from being taught in Colorado Springs School District 49 classrooms. Now, that in and of itself is reason for celebration. That is great news, as a matter of fact. Can you dig it? But what I like most about it is this vote came after the testimony given by this man, this African-American male, this descendant of slaves, Literally, he describes himself in minute detail how he is a descendant of slaves who wanted the school board to know and everybody else in attendance and everybody online because this is now viral to know that he is not defined by what happened to his ancestors. Derek Wilburn stole the show. Listen and listen carefully. I am the direct descendant of the North American slave trade. 
Well, both my parents are black. All four of my grandparents are black. All eight of my great-great-grandparents, all 16 of my great-greats. On my mother's side, my ancestors were enslaved in Alabama. On my father's side, we were enslaved in Texas. I am not oppressed. I'm not oppressed, and I'm not a victim. I'm neither oppressed nor a victim. I travel all across this country of ours. And I check into hotels, and I fly commercially, and I walk into retail establishments, and I order food in restaurants. I go wherever I want, whenever I want. I am treated with kindness, dignity, and respect, literally from coast to coast. I have three children. They are not oppressed either, although they are victims. I've taught my children they are victims of three things. Their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own poor decision making. That is all. My children, we are not victims of America. We are not victims of some unseen 190-year-old force that kind of floats around in the ether. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is taking our nation in the wrong direction. Racism in America would by and large be dead today if it were not for certain people and institutions keeping it on life support. And sadly, sadly, very sadly, one of those institutions is the American education system. I can think of nothing more damaging to a society than to tell a baby born today that she has grievances against another baby born today simply because of what their ancestors may have done two centuries ago. There is simply no point in doing that to our children. And putting critical race theory into our classrooms in part does that. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is not combating racism, it's fanning the flames of what little embers are left. I encourage you to support this resolution. Let racism die the death it deserves. And let's keep living the life of country that we want. Thank you. Can you dig it? Sorry about that. I tried to make that a little tighter, but uh, missed it. Dare I say, uh, that is one of the best speeches that I've seen at a school board meeting. I've seen some doozies. I've seen some videos from the Rocky River school board meetings. I've seen videos from Beachwood school board meetings. I've seen videos from Loudoun County, Virginia school board meetings. And I've heard a lot of great parents articulating some extraordinary points. I don't know that any of them are going to top that. What this gentleman did, Mr. Wilburn just did, was laid it all out. Anybody who believes that they are oppressed because of what happened to their ancestors 200 years ago, you are oppressed by nothing but your own laziness, your own excuse-making. What was that part of that? I want to hear that part again, if I can hear it. Kindness, dignity, and respect literally from coast to coast. I have three children. They are not oppressed either, although they are victims. I've taught my children they are victims of three things, their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own poor decision-making. And that, that applies to every American. Black, white, brown, yellow, purple, green, pink with uh, gray polka dots. It, it doesn't... If you want to be victimized, you will be victimized by your own ignorance, your own laziness, and your own poor decision-making. 
That applies to everybody. That's reality. And you know what that is? That's why Larry Elder is on the cusp of winning the governor's race in California, because he has been promoting that message for so long. And sadly, the overwhelmingly disproportionate number of people making those three mistakes, victimizing themselves by their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own uh, poor decision-making, have been in the minority communities. They're not oppressed or victimized by 200-year-old racism. They're oppressed and victimized by the way they see themselves. If you see yourself as somebody who's got something to offer, something to accomplish, something to give, you can rise up and become anything and everything you want to be, like this man, Derek Wilburn, just said. And this is what he teaches his children. And he is not going to allow his children to go into schools and be taught otherwise. That little brown children are going to be taught that you can't make it. You're always going to be oppressed unless the state lifts you up. He's not going to let his children be undone. The messages and the education he has provided them in all of their young lives be undone by teachers preaching something that is just garbage. His, his, his analogies are perfect. And when you really think about what he said, and I just have such respect for Derek Wilburn, this guy in Colorado Springs, black man, descendant of slaves, Got down. He knows his family tree. He knew exactly how many of his descendants were enslaved, where they were enslaved, what part of the country, what part of the South. He knew all of it and said, all of that does not make me oppressed because I'm not oppressed. I can do anything I want in this country. I'm a free man, as are we all. And I'm not going to allow somebody to teach my kids that they're oppressed when they're not. And the part about the babies is, is you know, it's not a, that's not an original thought, but it's, it's, it was well articulated there as well. The true tragedy and the true shame of this ongoing racial narrative, this racist uh, racial agenda being advanced by Black Lives Matter, by Antifa, by uh, Critical Race Theory, by the 1619 Project founders, and so on and so forth. The trage- tragedy of this is that a little newborn baby today is going to be taught that they should have an automatic grudge against another newborn baby today. Simply because one of them has lighter skin and the other one has darker. All based on things that their ancestors did 200 years ago. You think about the insanity of that. And if anybody would honestly do so with with intellectual honesty, not with partisan politics in mind, but with intellectual honesty at the forefront of their thought process... Everyone would reject critical race theory. I want to go to Kay, who's in North Ridgeville. Kay, thank you for waiting. You're on on the air. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm just jumping off the treadmill here. I'm out of breath. Um, I got a survey, uh, the student survey that Solon High School had put together for their students last fall, ninth, uh, tenth, and eleventh graders. And um, I got the results of that survey, and I kind of disseminated it and put it together. And I wanted to see what the students had to say, because they were finally given a voice in all of this. And uh, they're being pushed into these diversity inclusion lessons 
as part of the critical race theory. And now, if you notice, they've changed their um, tune from curriculum to lessons. And there's a reason for that, which has to do with the state and instructional time. That's right. Um, and I'm a retired teacher, by the way, and a professor now. So I, I kind of know what I'm talking about when I, when you take time away from instruction and you, you give it to these lessons, you have to be very careful what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so they're ta- calling these diversity and inclusion um, survey that they gave their students. And... Um, a lot of interesting questions on the survey about um, I've, 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 I've actually seen the surveys uh, uh, from Solon okay. because we had two parents from Solon on the air last, was it last week or the week before? I think it was last week, who were very concerned or leading the fight against that. They, they showed me the survey questions. I did not know, or I do not believe anyway, that I saw the results to see exactly what the, okay. uh, what the student body said. Uh, maybe, or maybe I got a couple okay. of them. Uh, so if, if you, you want to so, share those, go ahead. Yeah, so here here are the results of what the students at Solon High School have said. 88% of the students feel they are treated, treated fairly and equitably in general. 89% of the students feel they are treated fairly and equitably by teachers. Um, and then it goes through some other uh, atmosphere, friendliness, respect, all very positive high percentages. And then it comes to racism, and it says 19% of the students feel the atmosphere is racist. But yet when you look at these lessons that they are um, showing the students, it is solely focused on racism. And um, the students were asked, what would they like to see more of? What, What issues would they like to explore more of? And overwhelmingly, 59% 59% of the students at Solon High School asked for mental health uh, crisis intervention, resources, and lessons. Um, the students are, are crying out for help, for our mental health, and it's obvious after going through this pandemic um, and also Solon being a very high-achieving district uh, where academic performance is one of the uh, issues that the students felt was um, a lot of pressure put on them, and so they would like more information on mental health issues, not on racism. But yeah, well, here's the, the thing. Here's the from- thing. I would, I would, I would make a link here, Kay, and I'm got, I've got to let you go now because I'm out of time. But I want you to call back. You sound like a very knowledgeable person, and I would love to talk to you more. Thank you so much. Uh, here's the thing, uh, just real quick as we go into this break. I wonder how many of those students who wanted mental health, more time spent on mental health, want so because. Of all of the, um, you know, lessons that are being given on this, where they're being made to hate one another or taught to hate the country, and these things weigh on these kids. Taught that the United States was built or founded on a, uh, you know, on on, on slavery and, and a belief in white supremacy and so on and so forth. Uh, that the colonials were 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 all racist and slave owners and so forth. Um, I it, it just kind of makes you wonder how many people, how many of these kids are just so distraught over that that's why they want health mental health more time spent on mental health lessons and 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 ability to to process these kinds of things and also quite frankly i wonder how many of them are saying we need more mental health um uh, opportunities because of the 
comprehensive sex education issues, the advancement of all of these crazy, there are 974 genders, and you can be any one or combination of them, and, and everybody has to affirm all of that. All of these things, I think, lead to mental health issues in a lot of these kids. Okay, thank you. It was a great phone call. I'll come right back after this. Okay, I've only got time for one more call here. It's going to go to Jan in Brexville before we're done. Hi, Jan. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Um, yes, Jan. I wanted to uh, ask all the voters and citizens of Brexville Broadview Heights to not vote for the two incumbents running for school board. Uh, I don't think they're worthy, but we have a new person named Tish Kwiatkowski who's taken up the gauntlet and to vote only for her and not for the other two. And right. I, mm-hmm. go ahead. And uh, I heard everything. I think you, Jonathan Broadbent, and uh, uh, Mr. Wilburn in Colorado Springs are just warriors uh, that we need exposing everything and everything that you're doing. I'm I'm just uh, very gratified, and I'm asking uh, more people, citizens, and even those without children who live in the community who care about this, to go out and uh, be truth seekers. And find out who you're voting for and don't just put some, you know, vote for somebody because they've been there before. Because the right. two that are there in Broadview, Brexville, don't, uh, they're not worthy. <laughs> that is that is of crucial importance. That's one thing. Thank you for the call, Jan. That's what Jonathan was talking about. You've got to do your homework and find out what the positions of the school board members are. And get rid of the bad ones and put in people who actually are interested in educating kids, not indoctrinating them. Thanks to everybody for the great time today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.